Okay, hello, Daddy. Um, it is a beautiful day to reading Ember to be reading Ember's End. Um, so today we went to the piano recital and it was really cool. I won an award. Okay, so what chap? So at what chap? What chapter did I leave off on? Um. Hold on, let me find it. Okay, chapter five, flight fall. Oh no, my mic, my microphone. Unclicked. Okay, hope you can still hear me, because I'm going to start reading. Chapter five, flight fall. Pickett gazed out over the city of, from the roof of the palace. Are we sure this is the only way? Lord Ronan asked, fingers raking through the fur between his ears. There are other ways, Emma said, fastening a strap tighter, but they are too slow. It's a terrible gamble, but she must go, Mrs. Weaver said, pulling a cloak more tightly around her shivering shoulders. It's a risk she must take. Pickett and Emma, alongside Cole and Helmer, were being outfitted with Hayward's gliders. Mrs. Weaver, Wheezy, Lord Ronan, Lieutenant Wark, and Captain Braffix and Hayward were helping with the preparations. We need more gliders near completion. Production is... We have more gliders near completion. Production is proceeding rapidly. Hayward's blue robe rippled in the breeze as he checked the princess over with keen attention to every buckle, strap, and fastening. I do have one more here, your highness, and I'd dearly like to go. No, Hayward, Emma said, glancing back at Pickett. I need you here. Your preparations must go on. Oh, what's that? Uh, lost my page. Where'd it go? Okay. Hold on. I need you here. Your preparations must go on. And anyway, you're not going to defeat the ter the Terlanes in arms. Five of us, or four, make little difference. I only just got Haina to leave. Yes, ma'am. It's all secure now, your highness. Your highness. It's all secure now, your highness. Hayward said, bowing neatly. Just please stick close to Pickett. How did you get Haina to let her? How did you get Haina to let you go without her? Pickett, Pickett asked. She's fiercely loyal but obedient as well. Emma replied. I sent her and her father to investigate some rumors. A strange group was sighted by a patrol. What was so strange about it? It might have my mother in the group. Pickett's eyes widened. Lady Glenn, coming here? I hope so, Emma said. If it is her, I don't want her walking into a trap. Or a tomb. I sent them after her. Pickett nodded, then turned back to the group. Are we ready? They each nodded, but Helmer looked miserable. Are we sure Pickett should be going? Lord Ronan asked. They do want to kill him. Apparently, they want to kill us all, my lord, Piggy answered, stepping closer to Emma. 
They may be grateful I'm saving them the march. No one can fly like Piggott, Emma said, or Helmer said. I wish we didn't, but we need him. I know I'd have preferred to never try this contraption again, but the princess must go, and so must I. And I, Piggott echoed. And I, another voice sounded from behind the shed atop the palace. Joe Shank stepped out. I mean, I'm coming too. I thought you were being evaluated at the hospital, Emma asked. Surprisingly, it didn't take very long, Joe said, smiling. Believe me, Emma. I mean, your highness. You're going to need me on this little trip. Emma frowned, but nothing but nodding for him to join them. As the urgent, desperate plans were being made to get Emma to the Terrellane camp, Uncle Wilford had volunteered to lead the escort of the last group leaving First Warren for the hope for safety of Harbone. Emma had checked Uncle Wilford over, marveling at his recovery, and then agreed to his request. Pickett had spent only a few moments with his beloved uncle before they both left again to, to fulfill their assignments. Uncle Wilfred to Harbone and Pickett to prepare for the flight with the princess. Wheezy added a few supplies to Pickett's tight-slung pack and hugged him. Be careful, Pick. I'll see you soon, Pick replied. I'll be waiting for you here, she said, kissing his cheek. Emma looked out into the night sky. Wheezy crossed to hug her uncle, and Helmer asked her to look after Aaron. Emma stepped closer to Pickett as Wheezy said goodbye to Helmer. Emma stepped closer to Pickett as Wheezy said goodbye to Helmer. How are you doing? Emma asked. I don't want to do this, Emma whispered, smiling back. But neither did I ever want to become queen. I never dreamed of flying or of ruling. But here I am. Dreams do not come true, Pickett whispered back. Inspiring. Emma said flatly, "That's gonna be in my book of sh that's going in my book of Shuffler's collected wisdom. I'm going to write it after after the war. Really show Heather who's the true scribe. You'll be queen, so you can do whatever you want. Obviously, yes. If being a princess is anything like it, then yes, I'll be able to do whatever I want all the time. Ready to fly?" Joe stepped near after his new glider pack was checked. Ready, Emma said. Just really, really ready. It's been her dream, Piggott whispered to Joe, loud enough for Emma to hear. Since I was just a little doe, pretending to be a princess, Emma said flatly. Hmm, Joe said, raising an eyebrow. Dreams really do. Let's get going. Emma interrupted. Leapers guide you, your highness, Wheezy said, bowing low. Thank you, Louise, Emma replied. The rest of the court, who were gathered atop the palace, bowed, and Hayward touched his eyes, ear, and mouth in turn, as did a few others. Emma raised her hand in blessing, then, balling it into a fist, turned to the edge of the palace. Just like we discussed, Emma, Pickett said, it's run and jump. Then arms out, wrists turned in or forward, 
to engage the glider. Disengage by twisting your wrists out or back. I'll be right behind you in case anything goes wrong. I could give some advice, Joe said. Had a pretty eventful flight a bit earlier. He looked around, but no one was paying attention. Okay, I get it. Let's just focus on Pickett here, by all means. Have you heard the songs, Pickett asked? Fiending? I don't... I think it's fiending. A lofty tone. More times, Joe replied with a sigh, than I could ever believe possible. Captain Paxlayer. Pickett smiled. Are you ready? He asked Emma. She nodded. Okay, on the count of... He began, but Emma took off, darting towards the pile's rooftop threshold. Okay, let's go! Emma shouted as Emma leapt from the edge. Pickle was right behind her, diving into the darkness in Emma's wake. Behind him, he could hear Helmer, Cole, and Joe take flight. But his attention was all ahead as he watched Emma stretch her arms out wide and engage the glider. As he expected, turning... During the first moments after the device went taut, she wobbled and dipped, struggling to master the strange, exhilarating trial of flight. They were flying. He trailed behind Emma as she circled above the torchlit city, sweeping left and right as she tested the glider's operations. Piggy was pleased with her prowness. 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 Prowess. Yes, prowess. As she looked back at Joe, who seemed to be okay despite his earlier exertions, a quick glance at Helmer convinced, convinced Pickett that he should keep an eye on his master more than on the new flyer. But Pickett saw that Cole had drifted behind Helmer and wasn't leaving Joe's side to focus on the other buck. And was leaving Joe's side to focus on the older buck. Well done, Cole. He was smiling when he turned back to check on Emma, but his smile disappeared quickly when all he saw was empty air before him. The princess was gone. Okay, following. Chapter 6 is called Following. I'm going to pause it and go get a drink, because I forgot to bring a water bottle. Okay, we're ten and a half minutes in. I'm going to stop it now. Okay, I got my drink of water, and now we're going to read Chapter 6 of Ember's End, which is called Following. Pickett, in a panic, scanned left and right, then down. Nothing. Desperately, he gazed into the gloom. Finally, in the deepness, in the deepening darkness below, Pickett caught a glint of torchlight reflecting off of what he thought might be a buckle. He twisted his wrist to... Why is that tinging? What is that? Okay, I think I fixed it. He twisted his wrist to, to disengage the glider and pointed his body like a spear. Down, down he fell, dropping towards the faded flicker. Wind, pressed the, wind pressing the fur of his face, his mind pushing out, pushing out the grim, insistent doubts and the despair beneath him. He focused and fell, making himself a plunging bolt aimed at the thin strand of his hope. Scanning as he sped, 
Scanning as he sped down, his eyes adjusting to the deep darkness, he spotted her at last. She was dropping still, descending limply towards the ground. He cut the arc of his descent, blank, banking hard, straight for the ground. Then, angling ahead to intercept the falling form, he engaged the top wings for a fractional moment, releasing the, me releasing the mechanism quickly once again. He swept just above the ground to meet Emma, seizing her as his momentum bent upward to offset even a little the weight of her plummet. Pickett caught her, but she was falling so fast that he barely held on that he barely held on as they both fell again, slowed somewhat by his upward thrust. Their terrible wreck seemed certain, and Pickett braced for the crash, doing all he could to fold Emma into a protective embrace. Just before impact, he felt strong hands grasping and pulling him roughly up, or back roughly. Opening his eyes again, he saw Joe's face straining to arrest their, their speed. Cole was beside him, and both bucks had somehow checked his pace so that Pickett was able to land in a rough tumble, turning again and again but without serious hurt to himself or Emma. Joe hit the ground behind him or behind them and rolled into an ungangly tangle while Cole glided to a smooth landing, never breaking stride as he ran up to Pickett and Emma. Are you okay? Cole called, bending to cradle the princess's head in his hands. Pigot groaned and shook his head, trying to see clearly. Is she? I think so, Cole said, lightly slapping her face. Your highness! Emma! Emma's eyes opened slowly, and she squinted, then squirmed back and cried out. Oh no! It's okay. Cole said gently, gripping her arms and looking calmly into her face. You're all right, your highness. You passed out while gliding. You fell, but you're on the ground again. Safe. It's easy to do. It happened to others. Joe walked up, rubbing his head. Joe walked up, rubbing his head as Piggy got slowly to his feet, testing his knee. I'm just glad you're okay. Piggy leaned back and breathed deeply. His heart was still racing. It's embarrassing. Emma frowned, smoothing her fur. Maybe don't tell anyone. We would never, Joe said. I mean, half of the city saw it happen, but I'm sure they won't say a thing. It's night and they should be asleep, not watching their ruler faint and fall like a stone. And there's a code among us fowlers, Pickett said, looking into her eyes and shaking for signs of injury. We don't tell anyone else when something like this happens. Besides, it happened to Helmer. <laughs> it feels like you just told me, Emma said, one of the things you said you'd never tell. The rules are fluid, Cole said, smiling. The fowlers are a relatively new institution. Our fainting founder gave birth to us very recently, as you know. Helmer? Joe asked. I thought I was the Fowler's founder. Where is Helmer? Emma or Pickett asked, turning around and peering into the night. An anxious cry, followed by a noise of crashing punctu punctuated with curses, came from the darkness nearby. 
found him. Joe, Joe said, Go find the founder, Fowler, Pickett said, helping Emma get to her feet. Cole, give him a hand. Joe smiled and saluted before hurrying towards the angry sounds in the dark. Cole, shaking his head, followed. Are you okay, Emma? Cole, Pickett said, you can't get too upset by it. Rabbits sometimes faint. It can't be helped. I'm fine, Emma answered. It's not the scariest thing I've done lately. I suppose you haven't had the easiest time. I'm in charge, Pickett, she said. It's awful, the weight of it. It's impossible. But you're great at it. I'm not the worst, she said. Well, it's no great shame you're not a flyer, Pickett said. We just need a new plan. What are you talking about, she said. I'm getting back up there. I'm trying again. I'm flying again. Let's go. Emma, I can't just let you, Pickett began, but she held up a hand. I'm not asking, Shuffler, Emma said. Remember, I'm in charge. I'm going to meet Kyla. We have to try to stop this attack. Let's go to the launch site and get on our way. We have work to do. Pickett bowed and followed her. Okay, chapter seven's called Night Flight, and I'm going to stop for the day. Maybe call Gideon in if he wants to. Okay. Bye, Dad. Love you. Peekaboo, where are you? Pruto Bay, of course. And I, I am in Mom's room, and I am going to be reading you... Proverbs 2. Okay, New International Version. This one has um, one. This one only has one big long section. Okay, Chapter 2 Moral Benefits of Wisdom. My son. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning up your ear to turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as and if you look for it as for silver, and search for it as hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for those for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk is to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and fair, what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose whose words are persevere. Hold on, no, not persevere. Um, perverse. 
who leave the who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the per, in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and devious in their ways. It will save you from the adulteress, from the wayward life with her seductive words, seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Sorry, my microphone fell off. Okie dokie. Um... And ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to, to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For, up, for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Okay. Um, that is it. Um, goodbye, Daddy. I hope you have a nice evening listening to this. Um, uh, be sure to check out my Facebook page or like me on Instagram. Goodbye, Dad. Night. Okay. Hello, Daddy. Um, sorry I didn't get this done yesterday. But we're going to be reading Ember's End. Okay. I think we're on Chapter 8. Or 7. Okay. Yes, chapter seven. Thought it was eight. Okay. Chapter seven's called Night Flight. Pickett grimaced as they hurried up the old stone stairs in the dark. A soldier bearing a torch met them halfway up, calling out a warning. Who goes? A herald. Joe Cole stepped in front of Emma. Report, the soldier demanded. You did well to require the password, soldier, Helmer said. But give us the torch and hurry back and tell them the princess is coming. And look lively, or I might decide to knock your fluffy... Or I might just decide to knock your, your young fluffy backside down these stairs. Yes, Lord, sir. Captain Lord, sir. The soldier stammered, eyes wide, as he handed the torch to Cole and turned to bolt back up the steps. Pickett struggled up the stone stairs, his knee aching with the effort. There was no railing he could use to pull himself up, and he strained to see the steps in the darkness. The torchlight helped, but as they ascended, he saw that many of the steps had been damaged in the battle. Joe stepped closer to him while Cole, Helmer, and Emma went ahead. Looking out for a poor, crippled soul, Pickett asked. Joe nodded, taking Pickett's arm. 
I seem to remember a certain soul helping me when I was in a tough spot not too long ago. Not too far from here, in fact. Sounds heroic. Lending an arm to help him walk up steps seems a fitting response to his bravery, Pickett murmured. Well, now we're even, Joe said. Pickett nodded with a smirk, and they hurried up the stairs. In a few minutes, they were poised upon five catapults. Lieutenant Meeker was in charge of this battery. Years ago, Meeker was in charge of... Meeker had been a young soldier under Helmer's command. So young, they had called him Meeker the Squeaker. They had met again recently after Helmer and Pickett barely escaped from a pack of wild wolves just just getting inside Harbone Citadel, where Meeker was serving as gate commander. Remember, Lieutenant, Pickett said, send me right after the princess. We will, Captain Longtreader. Oh, my. My microphone came off. It's not good. Okay, fixed it. Okay, we will, Captain Longtreader. Are you ready, Your Highness? Meeker asked. Yes, Lieutenant, she replied, her hands testing the tension in her harness. You may launch when ready. Meeker bowed, then turned to the catapult-holding Helmer. He saluted the old soldier, but turned away when he saw how nervous Helmer was. Squeaker, Helmer said, his voice unsteady. Meeker turned back, and Pickett thought the young officer was bracing for a rebuke. Yes, sir? A pause. And Pickett watched his master fix Meek's fix and Pickett watched his master fix Meeker in his sights. I'm proud of you. Meeker smiled, saluted, then nodded to the bucket stationed at each catapult's release catch. To the bucks stationed at each catapult's release catch. On my signal, he said, raising his hand. Go one, he cried, and Emma's catapult arm raced forward, sending the princess sailing skyward. Go two! Pickett felt the pressure of the sudden force against his body generated by the leaping arm, then the thrilling ease and speed as he sprang into the sky. Behind him, he barely heard Maker call out, Go three! Go four! Go five! and the entire team was away, speeding through the night sky. Ahead, he saw Emma reach her elevation apex, then calmly engage the glider and fly steadily on. He did the same, and his flight slowed only by the s- only by s- by only slightly less drag, soared up beside her. Emma was mastering the glider, and he was relieved and delighted to see it. Glancing back, he saw that Cole and Joe flew capably on either side of Helmer, who wobbled as he went up but stayed on their course. The bright moon revealed a pale view of the land below. Reviewed a pale view of of the land below. They were following the course of an old road, keeping it always to their right. The trailing camp was just inland on the road, northwest of First Warren and southeast of Harbone. Joe and Cole, getting on. Joe and Cole had said 
Their first flight would not be long, and depending on the wind, the glider should get them all the way there. Pickett saw lights in the middle distance and glanced over at Joe. Joe nodded, then dipped and rose, and dipped and rose again. That was the signal for their descent. Emma nodded, and then began to increase the drag on her glider and angled down. Pickett watched anxiously, but after a few small mistakes, she mastered the descent as she had the launch. Joe and Cole took the lead. They dropped low and landed in the clearing, not far from the firelights. Emma kept her feet as she landed, and Pickett swept up in an easy flip to land smoothly beside her. Shuffler the show off, she said as he limped up, detached the back rod, unbinding the two parts, and folded the glider into its pack. I'm just taking care of my leg, he protested, helping Emma with her glider pack. She rolled her eyes. It's possible not flipping before landing might be easier on your injured knee. But what do I know of such things? I'll consult with my doctor, he said, turning to wince as Helmer landed, stumbled, then rose again in a corkscrewing hop that turned him over as he crashed to the ground. Emma and Pickett exchanged a concerned look. At least he's tough, Emma said. Cole and Joe hurry, hurried to help Helmer up as he stood unsteadily, arms out wide of as if he expected the earth to heave suddenly and knock him off his feet. They secured their packs, Cole helping Helmer as the old buck stood still, shaking his head. Let's go, Emma said when she was certain that he was all right. We have to hurry. Just then, a band of tall rabbits emerged from the cover of nearby trees, their black armor dotted with silver stars. Who goes there? Friends, Emma said. Friends? A large brown book asked, stepping to the front of the band and holding high a torch so that the light fell on Emma and Pickett's faces. This looks like Pickett Longtreader, murderer of King Bleston. And what now? It's the Red Witch Usipper herself. He stepped. I'm gonna look up what Usipper means real quick. Because I don't know. Um, this might take a little while. Okay. What does you What does you supper mean? Okay, pronounced usurper, it's a noun. And usurper means a person who takes a position of power or importance illegally, illegally or by force. Okay. Okay, back to the book. Back to the book. Okay, and what now? The red witch, it's the red witch usurper herself. She stepped back a moment, fearing 
He stepped back a moment, fear in his eyes. Then, glancing left and right, he stepped forward again. No wonder you fell out of the sky like birds of prey. So the legends are all true, I see. Tamith Seer will be pleased to see you both. Please, please to kill them both, a white buck said bitterly, drawing his sword. And I'll be pleased to see that. Okay, chapter eight's called The Prince's Sword, and I'm going to stop it so I can take a break. Maybe I'll do a little bit later. Okay, 11 minutes in, and I'm stopping it for a little bit.